is the person you turn to when you need advice, the person who gives you confidence and strength, the person who's been your biggest support, the person you shop with, ask their opinion and trust them implicitly. For me, it's... Hi, Ma. Hi, Del. As a mother and daughter, we know we have a close bond, but each mother and daughter relationship is unique and different, and that's exactly what we want to explore. Each week, we'll sit down with mothers and daughters and talk about their bond, from the ones who work together to others who have survived, shared passions, overcome loss, and in general, have a great relationship that is worth sharing. This is Mothers Mothers and Daughters Daughters Podcast. Hi, Ma. Hi, Dal. Another week. How are you? Feeling better? Not really, but that's okay. That's no, what it's antibiotics no are for. It's no good. I know. A house of antibiotics. A house of antibiotics. We're getting there, hopefully. At least I'm okay. Dad's okay. That's right. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yes. It really is. Yeah. So homeschooling is the same. At least Mason's back at school. Which is good. I know. It is good. Clever Cooper got a certificate for good listening skills, which... I know you obviously disagree, but, you know, got to encourage him somehow. Yeah. I think it was the school's way of giving him positive reinforcement to try to encourage him a bit more. We'll share that on social. He's very proud of himself. That's great. He's also desperate to come on the podcast. We'll see how that goes. We've tried it once before and then they didn't want to talk. They just wanted to fight over the earphones. Yes, that didn't, yeah, didn't go down so well. Stay tuned. Yes. Today we have Cass. And her mum, it's actually so exciting because she created, you know, just as a busy mum, Twisted, which are healthy treats, which Cooper has been thoroughly enjoying. I've got him hooked on it now, which is, <laughs> which is great. I yeah. thought, why not? Why not? It is. It's, it's good. It's Froyo and he thinks it's ice cream, so everybody wins. Yes. With her mum, Bronwyn who also was just, they were both such delights to speak to. It was really so nice. Yeah, it's always different. And obviously she had very, you know, interesting start to obviously her life, you know, starting off and also, well, moving to the UK Mm. and then deciding to come home and becoming just an amazing um uh, Businesswoman. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I got a bit stuck. Um, you know, from, you know, just her trying to find something healthy. Yeah, for the kids. For the kids. Yeah. You know, it's amazing what a mother, you know, she obviously had business background and, mm. a, and a very clever, enterprising woman, but how she then just became the wonderful business person she has become from her home. Yeah. From an idea. Yeah. So, Single, yeah. Seeing a gap that she wanted to fill, not just for herself. She obviously realized for other mums out there that that was going to be necessary. Mm. And, you know, funnily enough, her mum was a teacher of home economics for 20 years. So that's definitely where the love of food yes. came from. So that was also probably influential. Yeah, starting. Yes, exactly. You know, that it was... Yeah, a long line of interest in that in food technology, mm. which allowed her obviously to. I mean, obviously there were you know failures on the way. She mm, was saying, she should, yeah, she but did say. it's just yeah, it was very interesting to listen to her rise to to um, success. So, yeah, great success, great success. Yeah. yeah, she's in all the major supermarkets, Costco, and in the US. And yeah, as you were saying, the failures she initially started off with retail stores and saw how quickly that was not a good business model. And instead of just throwing her hands up, she just completely pivoted and thought, okay, what what is it that I can do in order to make this a success? And yes. And she was even she saying that COVID kind of actually was, I mean, not a bad thing for mm. her business because then she went to other avenues and then, yeah. you know, as you said, broke into the US market and, yeah, just achieving, you know, so wonderful much. success. She's had a wonderful role model with her mother who was on in Ronald McDonald. Oh, amazing charity house. work. Yeah, for I think 25 years. Yeah, and she only just retired, she said, because she realised she was a bit, behind in terms of technology and that's where charities need to be at the moment is focusing on getting that younger generation um but 
even still, she gave a huge amount of her time and energy. And I know they're so grateful she received an OAM Mm, for mm. her charity work and so well deserved. And I think she really is just an incredible person to listen to. But I have to say, going back to the technology thing, it's so funny. very funny. It's very funny. We just have to say it's, you know, we're, we're super grateful that everyone agrees to come on, but we, we have seen a bit of a pattern yes. happening. When, the, when, the, when the mother and daughter group. is not in the same room yes. because we do it either <laughs> via Zoom or, as you Squadcast, say, Squadcast. Yeah. And it's so funny because most of the mothers are my around my age. And, you know, we agreed that we didn't grow up with technology. And so the daughter is on first. <laughs> and it's so funny because every mother is like either stuck somewhere in the middle speaking, of Speaking, we can't hear her yeah. or not on the screen. Yeah. And then the daughter is having to phone the mother and, you know, doing all this sort of like, sorry, sorry, I don't know where my mum is, you know. Yeah, we might have to have a bloopers reel. Oh, so it really is very soon. funny. It is very funny. and and. All, all credit to our guests, you know, they're always super stressed and worried about our time, but oh, in no. reality, we're so grateful oh, to have your their time. time, have their so time. And we've always managed to be able to yeah, record with them. We get there eventually. Yes, but it is, it is, it is very funny. funny because it's almost like nearly every single recording <laughs> we start that we start that way. Yeah. And we're like, no, it's fine. We're yeah. used to this anyway, because I couldn't probably do this on my own because Jordana's touching (laughs) buttons and doing this and doing that and I'm just sitting there watching going, what is going on? Yeah. Anyway, we get there in the end. We get there in the end and we hope you enjoy this week's episode and we will see you soon. This episode is sponsored by San June Sunsets. For 15% off your purchase, use code MUMDAUGHTER15 at checkout. Bronwyn, growing up, did you notice Cass take an interest in home economics or food tech? Look, I'm glad you asked that question because I've been thinking about this and I was going to say that for many years at her high school, she won the home economics prize every year. Was that right, Cass? I think it was And definitely she won it in her final HSC year. So she's always had an incredible interest in that side of things. And, of course, it was called home science in those days. Now it's called food and technology. But for many years, yes, I suppose because I was a home economics teacher for many years that um, there was always that sort of interest in our home. So that's uh, definitely she had an interest in that side of things since she was from when she was a little girl. Isn't that fabulous? What do you remember? What you did for your year twelve home science? Well, in those days, it was really it was actually very theory based. So oh, it was right. a lot about um, there was a real focus on nutrition. I think actually the curriculum these days is more um, a little bit closer to what I ended up studying at university um, around packaging technologies and those sorts of aspects. But definitely in my day, um, it was very much about. Um, nutrition, um, you know, the building blocks of healthy living um, and uh, so that was sort of, it was a very theory-based course that I did in those days. It's amazing. Yes, there wasn't much practical work in year 11 and 12 when I was teaching. It was a very theory-based. That's amazing. You would think it, to me, I would have thought it would have been the other way round, but. I agree, but we had to, it had to become a matriculation subject, which it wasn't years before and so to make it to the standard of matriculation for university entry they had to really update the um, curriculum and so it became very theory based i used to let my kids go after school because we could always find something nice to cook and talk about and eat but in the actual lessons it was very theory based so uh, probably then as a family you must have obviously done a lot of cooking together we did, yes. In those days, we, 
We did lots of dinner parties. It wasn't, it was the fashion. That was the way you entertained in your home. I I look back. (laughs) I agree. I used to, I can't believe I did. I used to theme dinner parties. Like, I I mean, it's so, it's so So, funny. And it was just an expected thing that you would theme it, you know, whether it was a red theme or a. And didn't you do a two-tone suit? Oh, I did do a two-tone suit. I remember that. I, I like, I can so clearly remember like the different, the two different soups and she poured it at the same time so, so it was divided mm. in half like <laughs> it's so it's so funny like you look back and you go oh my god that was so daggy but it was so mm. relevant at the time and like time it's, consuming oh, very much in fashion i can remember starting cooking two or three days before a dinner party yes you know, all the extras done and the, the lovely little petty fours to serve with coffee and oh it was a big deal but we all loved it and the because I had three daughters, we all helped in certain ways with the preparation for it in a party. Isn't that great? Wonderful having helpers. Yeah, it was. It was, I have to say. And, Cass, when you went to uni, obviously you studied food science and technology. Was the plan to kind of follow in mum's footsteps or did you have your own career path set? I mean, I know obviously it changed quite a bit, but when you first went to uni, did you have an intention of following what your mum did? Um, no, I think I always had more of a commercial take on what I could do in the food food industry. I think it was always my dream um, to work for a big um, a big food company. When I left university, my focus was to sort of um, be involved and then sort of build my way um, up the QA path uh, career pathway. So working in quality, making sure, um, you know, all the necessary systems were in place to ensure food, safe food production. Mm. Um, and that was what I did for 12 months when I left university. I worked um, in a QA team that for a company that produced the shredded lettuce um, and the sliced onion for McDonald's restaurants. I, I read so, that. How amazing. Yeah, so um, I think that was really my dream to sort of go down that micro uh, microbiology uh, QA um, system sort of pathway. Um, so, yes, definitely always in the food space but with a more sort of commercial um, slant to it as opposed to teaching because uh, teaching is definitely not my forte, which I'm currently finding out homeschooling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I said that today. I, I said I would make the worst teacher. I have... No patience. No, patience. No patience. No, no patience. patience with one, let alone thirty. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and Cass, what's what kind of snacks did you have growing up? What kind of snacks? Yes, yes. Well, look, my I come from a, a long line on my father's side of people who love sweet food. I think Mum would be, but Mum would attest to that. Dad loves um, sweet things, and I do too. If I was to look back on my childhood, you know, ice cream played a very big part <laughs> in our sort of family life and, you know, when we would have dessert together, it would always sort of have an ice cream, some sort of ice cream product um, as part of that. I can remember travelling to the USA with mum and dad on business when I was a little girl and we would visit um, all the sort of crazy ice cream parlours around the USA. So they're really, that, that theme of sort of frozen um, frozen dessert, I guess, if I was to reflect on my on my upbringing, has always been there. Interesting. It's still yeah. your father's favourite food, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Although now it's frozen yoghurt as opposed to Well, yeah, the family. He's got a support. That's yes. right. That's very important. <laughs> and... Cass, what did you love about food technology? Because it's so, it is fascinating to think about when you've come from a line of obviously knowing, having food as a, a big element and then to go sort of to the micro level of food. What about that sort of triggered your interest? Um, look, I think it was probably the, the science um, part of that. I did um, as well as uh, home economics. I did um, four unit science in my final year at school. So I've always sort of gravitated to those sort of subjects as opposed to the sort of English history um, style of subject matter. And so I think the science component of um, the food tech course that I did was something that really appealed to me. 
And also um, at the time, my grandfather, my dad's father, said to me, uh, you can never go wrong with a science degree, which is effectively what food, mm. food technology was, um, because even if you don't work in that field, in the future, the, the science degree will teach you how to think. It will teach you how to be a critical thinker. And so I think um, that was really what led me to um, the food tech degree. It's amazing. And it's true. Having a science base, it does give you those also problem solving skills as well that obviously has helped you a lot in your career. Yeah, every single day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cass, how, how do you think being a mum changed your career path? Dramatically. <laughs> yeah, massively. Well, that, that's the reason I started the business because I didn't want to be um, in a corporate. Um, so I, I guess I had, I had a bit of a diversion from food for many years. We, we, um, I lived in, in London for 13 years um, and during that time got married and had our, our first child and I worked in um, banking for those 13 years. So it was a very corporate-based career. Um, and when we got back to Australia um, and I was pregnant with our second child, I just decided that the, um, the that I did not want to be in corporate any longer and I was looking for, it wasn't that, you know, I'm, I'm shying away from hard work or long hours, but mm. I think the flexibility that you can have with your own business is something that just doesn't compare to yes. being, um, you know, part of part of a big corporation, and so that was really the the children, as Mum said, just absolutely changed the course of that. It took me off the corporate um, the corporate ladder and on a completely different path in with, with our own business. And Bronwyn, obviously, they were away for quite some time. How how did you cope with that? Because that was pre FaceTime and Skype and all those. Sort of well, to be honest, I used to often go over to London on my own because David had a business that he had to run in, in Sydney and I would stay for very long periods of time, often three or four months. Mm, wow. Which was wonderful, especially when our little granddaughter was born. That mm. was just absolutely wonderful. It was tough on David, my husband, our, Cass's father, um, because he was on his own for all that time, but I was having a wonderful time. <laughs> I have to say, especially once Layla was born, it was just amazing. And Mum, you used to fax. I used to wake up in the morning and there'd be a fax on the fax machine and a little handwritten letter for Mum. I've still got some. Oh, that's oh, so sweet. Because there was no FaceTime in those yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. The, was, the phone was fine, but, you know, the, the hours are always... Yeah. Yes. Your lifestyle, but um, no, I've forgotten about the faxes. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice, and it's nice to have those as memories because no one needs to. I mean, that's what email's for, but it is a nice memento to have of that time when it was a little bit more simplistic to stay yeah, in touch, absolutely. and obviously your relationship stayed intact because of that. And I guess also being able to travel makes a big difference as well. Mm. Yeah, it does. It was always a destination for us, London. When we, David and I would travel, always be London first because that's where Cass and Graham were and then finally Layla. Cass, did you, I mean, obviously very fond memories. Did you love living in London? I mean, that was a long time, obviously, you were there. Oh, look, we had an incredible time. I mean, we, um, I actually met my husband at university, so we were in London together for all those years um, and we travelled, we, you know, we saw the world, we had, you know, really high-pressured jobs, we made money, we lost money, but um, it was just an incredible time. But, you know, all things sort of come, come to a screaming halt when you have children and it was really at that point that I decided that... Um, that I really wanted to be closer to to my parents and also mm. Graham's parents because I think I have very fond memories of my childhood having my grandparents, my nana and pa involved in my sort of everyday life and I really wanted that for our kids as well. So we left London um, when Layla was one. So it, it, didn't, it didn't take long after we had her to decide that it was time to come back to Australia. And, and probably obviously looking back, best decision of your life. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Absolutely. It's been incredible. That's lovely. And it is. It's nice to have the grandparents as as much as, 
you know, where we all make the decision to have our kids, but there's really nothing <laughs> like the bond of a grandparent and a grandchild that is just so nice for them to have access to them as often as possible. I agree. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a testament for that too. Yeah. I love it. Mm. And well, I feel I feel like I owe the universe now with all the effort that mum puts in with my kids. Cass, where did you find the inspiration for Twisted Health? And when you did, where did you begin? Um, the inspiration for Twisted um, came very much from being a, a new mother with a child that I wanted to sort of create memories with and I wanted to be able to share a sweet, um, delicious treat um, with her um, that I didn't sort of feel guilty about about sharing with her. And mm. I looked around the market at that stage and it was it was really an incredibly white space. There was no no one really doing um, what we've ended up doing with Twisted. Um, so what we did initially, which is quite a, a very different business model to where we've where we currently have landed, is we opened um, retail locations in Westfield shopping centres around Sydney. We had five um, retail locations that did frozen yogurt and smoothies um, at, at one stage. But what we saw in the stores was that people liked to take our product home and enjoy it in the comfort mm. of their own home. And so what we, um, the sort of the first seven years of the business was about opening and closing stores um, and sort of seven and eight was about redirecting redirecting the business from 100% retail to 100% wholesale. Um, and today we are absolutely, we have no more retail locations and we manufacture and produce products for school canteens, supermarkets, uh, food service and export. So... Um, it came from, you know, wanting to be able to enjoy a product that I just couldn't find for myself. Um, and obviously today, you know, it's grown, in, it's grown into a lot more than that uh, without, you know, continually innovating. Uh, but it was very much at that time there just was awesome. none of the big sort of food companies had any kind of better for you options and that was really where that came from. And did you start testing at home and obviously on your, on your kids? Uh, look, we did. We I did a lot of. Um, I still do a lot of um, R and D testing with my children and my children's friends. They're the best. Um, yeah. They're honest. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but it very sort of it very quickly sort of escalated from a kitchen sort of experiment to more of a commercial um, endeavor. And I, I guess I found uh, very helpful suppliers that were able to sort of assist me in those early days to create the recipe that we wanted to create. That's very good. And uh, Bronwyn, did you ever suspect that Cass would build a company that is in the homes of hundreds of thousands of families? I mean, does it just amaze you or you like, no, I knew she was going to do that? Look, um, there, when you're in your own business, and my husband and I have always had our own business for many years, there are so many ups and downs and we experienced that with Cass, but we always had that very fond hope that one day it would be extremely successful. And I think once we got out of retail, I could see light at the end of the tunnel. Retail was very hard. That was hard, hard work, wasn't it, Cass? Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> um, but now once she started the wholesale side of things and just concentrated on that, yes, we could definitely see a future and of course now we're thrilled with what she's achieved it's been amazing mm. did you ever ask your mum for advice when it came to coming up with maybe it was in the beginning obviously flavors and things like that did you sort of look back to your mum given her it was home more dad actually because of his love of ice cream uh, <laughs> 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 Mum always enjoys eating the products that we make, but it's really Dad who's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's ice, ice cream expert. I'd like to. I, I, that's that's a title. I think I'd I'd happily accept. <laughs> well, that would be the same in our family. My husband yes, is definitely true. the well used to be not so much now, but I mean, like loved ice cream. Yeah, so he, did used to, he used to take me to an ice cream parlor. I remember, and as a little girl, and he would get pretty much like thirteen flavors, and like it would be all stacked up, you know, like very typical ice cream parlor kind of thing, and 
yeah, my dad said I could always give him a run for his money in terms of who ate more. So yeah, we're probably <laughs> both pretty equal in that effect. Ma, you know what would be great to do after lockdown? What? Host the mothers and daughters that have come on the show. Oh, that sounds great. I've missed entertaining. No. And I think we might have to do it outdoors first. So I was thinking a stylish picnic is in order. That sounds good. But how can I bring my famous grazing platters to a picnic? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Mm -hmm. The answer is sand dune sunsets. It's a picnic basket that is so clever and unique that the lid doubles as a cheese board or a grazing platter board perfect for outdoor entertaining and picnics amazing you're always finding the best things i do try because i know you like to entertain in style and the rattan exterior makes it for a gorgeous picnic display and the interior actually is insulated so all our goodies won't get spoiled wow perfect for the person who has everything exactly And our listeners are lucky too. They will receive 15% off their picnic basket when they use the code MUMDAUGHTER15 at checkout. Visit www.sandjunesunsets.com and don't forget to take your mum for a picnic. Cass, have you always been surrounded by empowered and strong women? Is that why you kind of continued that on in your company? Yeah, that's a good question. Yes, yes, I would say that. Yeah, I mean, Mum's an incredibly strong. She's always um, taught my, me, and my both my sisters um, to sort of Mum and Dad as well. Not just Mum, but both both Mum and Dad have encouraged all three of us to follow our dreams. And um, you know, Mum's big sort of catch cry about life is that she doesn't want to ever have any regrets. And so, whilst um, a couple of, you know, a lot of what we've done in Twisted has been risky, um, pursuing sort of different areas and trying different things and, you know, you know different markets. Um, you know, we, we never want to have any regrets. And so I think, yeah, that definitely comes from my upbringing and, and, and from mum. And, and Cass, I mean, do you think obviously in your background in investment banking, you know, gave you the business sense to to begin your own company and obviously you've done it so successfully? Um, I wouldn't not know no. in the early days. In the early days, I'll tell you, I, what, from investment banking, I learnt um, how to manage a, a big project with many, many different streams. And I think that's probably still my strength today that I, I have um, a very clear vision of how to bring different work streams together to reach a, a common goal. And I think I probably do, that's really what I I do each and every day as um, CEO of the business. Um, what I probably wish I had more experience in when I started the business was cash flow, understanding accounts, um, and uh, the, the the financial side. Because still today, you know, with you know, we're we're currently doubling our business every year, and the challenges that that brings from a capital perspective and a cash flow perspective is something that I I. Um, you know, I think about it and I work on each and every day, and that is that is a set of skills that I have definitely learnt since having the business. And if I had had more of a grounding or some sort of formal education in that, I think I probably wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I did make in the early days. But I think mistakes are probably what got you to where you needed to be, anyway. Yeah, you know, and and it's it, it is hard at the time when you're going through those mistakes, or you know even if you want to call it a failure, whether it's opening retail and closing it. But at the end of the day, there was a good reason for closing the retail because it's given you this extreme, you know, it's not even like a window opened. It was a very wide door that's given you access to so many different families. Yeah, no, look, it's been, look, it's been incredible. I mean, the other um, the, the other thing that happened in our in the his, in the history of the business, which is a part of the business that I'm incredibly proud of, is that we supply school canteens, mm. and that was a real turning point for the business. When that happened in 2000, it was 2015. Um, I started to sell some cups to the uh, the canteen that my children go to, and it was so well received. Um, I went out to school canteens in Sydney myself at a time in the business when I was at a very, I had very sort of 
low expectations, mm. not much love for what we were doing and got our um, products into about 70 school canteens directly and then we got picked up from, with a distributor and that is, you know, that was a huge turning, that was a real fork in the road. Um, and I think if we hadn't walked down that road, it would have been, we would have been in a very different position to where we were today, <laughs> where we are today. And I think it's wonderful that you've done that because, yes, I can see, especially over the years, even just thinking back to when I was at school, and I know that's a long time ago, unfortunately, um, but even today what's on offer is just it's fascinating how we give these things to our kids and we don't think about giving them something healthy. Like there's no reason why there can't be a balance of both. Just because it's healthy doesn't mean it can't taste good. And just because they want a treat doesn't mean it has to completely blow out their sugar and all the rest of it and having additives and all that other stuff that kids don't really need to have at all. No, 100%. I mean, that's really the whole ground. That's really the values that the whole, my whole business is built on, you know, that it's possible to create healthy products that actually taste good. That's very good. And, uh, Bronwyn, um, how did you juggle, uh, like, your career and having three children as well? How, how did you do it? Well, because I was a teacher, I was able to do a lot of part-time work at various high schools around Sydney so as each child came along, I'd be doing a full week, then I'd drop back to two days, and then eventually when our third child was born, I gave up completely. Oh, did you? Mm. Having three children um, was more than enough to cope with. Mm. And our businesses were going very well by then. I was probably only doing it in the early days just to keep, you know, food on the table, really. Um, and once our businesses really started to do well, there was no need to continue working. And so I just became a mum. But you did all. But then, when did you start with Ronald McDonald, mum? I started with Ronald McDonald in 1988 when our when our last daughter was about four. I decided just before she went to school, I needed to do something. So that's when I started with Ronald McDonald House Charities. Yeah, which is uh, you know oh, so so admirable. And 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 getting an OAM in recognition of of, of your Very well wonderful. Deserved. Charity work, so it was a great honor. I have uh, to say, great honor. That that was that was obviously a major highlight in your life. Well, oh, I couldn't agree more. It was unbelievable and totally unexpected because you don't put it in for yourself. Some other people do it, you know, recommend you. No, it was a wonderful highlight for my life. And that's know. really lovely. So, I mean, you were still. Even though say, having three were, children. You were only really just a mum for a very brief time yes. then. <laughs> and even still having three kids is a full-time, more well, than a full-time I job. I had a lot of separation age-wise, so I wasn't, that weren't like two years apart, so Cass and her next sister were four years apart, and then I had a seven-year gap. So I had a lot of time in between to pursue interests like uh, Ronald McDonald. So, you know, that did make a big difference. Gosh, and, and you were there for a very long time. I've only just stepped down from the board. I was involved in the charity for 28 years. Oh, wow. Goodness. That's quite scary when you think about it. Well, it? you, you well, obviously yeah, did an amazing yeah. job at what you were doing there. Too. And you would have well, seen such changes as well in, in that time. Well, absolutely huge changes to the point where now I've realised I have to hand over to the young ones. Number one, they've got more energy. Number two, they've got a much greater understanding of, um, you know, IT and all that sort of thing that now is such a huge part of running a charity. <laughs> so I did step down a couple of months ago. I'm still, you know, very friendly, talk to everyone and keep an eye on what's happening, but I miss it really, I have to say, because it was a very big part of my life. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, bo- both of you must be so proud of each other. No, <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, well, the girls always participated in a lot of my fundraising activities in the early days. I'm not sure. Sometimes they weren't very happy about that. It's really taught them to think of others and think of other people, and especially in our case, children who all come from the country areas, if they come to Ronald, to stay in a Ronald Donald mm. house just to become aware of how fortunate they are and how fortunate we are to have, for me to have three healthy children mm. 
nice to have three very healthy children as well. Yeah, and I also think when you expose a child very early on to whether it's charity, helping others, it always ends up fl- having a flow-on effect because obviously, Cass, you reaching out to canteens as is always think it's it's thinking of others as well because yes, you wanted snacks for your kids to enjoy, but you've realised that there's a greater need for all the other families out there and especially the canteens as well. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's all about wellness, right? It's important for us in this crazy world that we all live in. Wellness is sort of just front of mind um, for, for, for well, for me, it's for, for my, myself and my family. It's just you know, it's such an important thing in these in these in these particularly at the moment. And it also creates f- family memories. You know, if it's something that you can enjoy together, like you say, you know, ice cream was such a big part of your family life at least you know that you can enjoy treats with your kids and make that a lasting memory. And I think that's really, it's really beautiful to have that as a legacy. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, yeah, it's lovely. How, how have you both coped with, you know, obviously all these lockdowns and COVID and, you know, I, obviously I don't think we thought it was going to go on for this long, but how have you coped? Cass, do you want to go first up? Um, my big thing is non-negotiable. I'm addicted to um, my spin bike, so I have sort of a non-negotiable 45 minutes in the morning where I spin, probably six days a week, and the children know that they um, that they probably shouldn't interrupt me for those 45 minutes. <laughs> um, That's very, you've got them very well trained. I was going to say, do they follow that? Because if they do, I, I might need to get some tips on that. <laughs> Um, and the other thing that we've started to do is at three o'clock when school finishes, I do literally like a 30 minute walk with the kids and the dog. Um, so no phone, no, I mean, no emails at first I'd sort of get a bit tied around the chest and away from my computer for half an hour, but it's really only 30 minutes and Mm. it doesn't really impact anything and I get straight back online. So I think that sort of beginning and end of the day has, particularly for the kids, the end of the day, I think that has been sort of a bit of a pressure valve release because they're not they're not used to sitting in front of screens all day like no. we are. And I think um, that's probably one of the things that I've noticed this time with my son particularly, he's sort of hating being in front of the screen for so many hours. So that's sort of the way that we're trying to cope. Mm. Lots of FaceTime with mum and my sister and yeah. I've got a sister who still lives in London so we talk to her all the time. So lots of use of technology with the same mum to keep in touch with the family. Yeah. <laughs> How, yeah, how's it been for you, Bronwyn? Oh, well, it, it's totally different for me really because my husband retired, David retired towards the end of last year and then I've stepped down from the board of Ronald McDonald. So it's been our time really and as much as we would love to have been travelling the world and going back to London to see our other daughter, mm. we've done lots. I've really gone back to doing a lot of cooking and things that I haven't had time to do over the last few years, um, making jam, which mm. <laughs> all those, nice. Well, all those skills that I had when I was teaching that mm. I've just sort of, you know, they become a bit old-fashioned, but suddenly I've got the time to do it all again and I'm really enjoying that. And I, I'm a great, I love reading. So really it's amazing. Sort of, it's, it's almost like it's reverting to yeah. old older times. I mean, yes. you know, that it, everything is just slowed down. I mean, yes, we've still got screens and things like that, but it's given you, well, the time. I mean, I know, Cass, you're obviously being able to venture into the, you know, the United States market, which Obviously, that's been an incredible boost for your company, obviously. It has. It has, especially, um, look, the business that we're doing in the US at the moment, because it's summer in the US, obviously, so we are right now, because of the hit that our domestic business um, has taken on the back of COVID, uh, we wouldn't be producing right now if it wasn't for the export business that we've won. So it's an incredibly uh, important part of the business. And how are you managing that in terms of obviously you can't get over there at the moment? No. Someone asked me that yesterday actually. I, I haven't been able to go to the US since we've had product in the US. Oh, that's, it's, that's so crazy. It's really been um, lots of video calls, lots of phone calls. 
Um, look, marketing is, you know, reaching out to sort of local influencers and, mm. you know, people who are crazy about Australian products in the US, which there are a lot of. There are. Um, they do. I and, used to live in New York yeah. and I have to say, I mean, as much as, you know, we were there to have a US experience. Anytime an Aussie cafe opened in New York, we were the first ones there. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone and everyone soon followed because they realised that Aussies yeah. do know exactly what they're doing when it comes to food and coffee, that's for sure. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a great day when I can actually mm. visit the US and see our product on the, on the shelf. It'll be incredible. That'll be something. And, and Cass, can I just ask you, what advice do you have for other mums, you know, wanting to start a business? Um, my advice would be that it is really hard work and it's not to be underestimated, but it will be incredibly rewarding. I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, I often think of the business as my fourth child. I don't really um, have any mem- clear memories of working in a corporate structure that filled me with so much purpose. So I think um, I would... You know, it, it's it's a hard road. Sometimes it's a lonely road, but it's an incredibly rewarding and fulfilling um, journey. Fabulous, thank you. And Bronwyn, I was just going to go back to how do you think home economics and obviously the time you started to now, and obviously now thinking back and making jam and things like that now because you've got time. How has it changed over the years? Well, it's changed dramatically, not to the way I would like it to change. I think a lot of the basic skills that I was able to teach um, kids right from year 7 to year 12 have been lost in many regards. And so consequently, we have lots of younger people who don't really know the basic skills Mm. of how to cook. That's right. And I'm, oh, I could go on and on for hours. Mm. But I mean, in... It, it was just from right from year seven, it was compulsory that every child did at least two or three periods a week of home economics and you could really cram an off, a large amount of work and basic skills and good nutrition into a year of three periods a week. And then, of course, if they chose to do it in their year eight, nine, ten and so on, you could really teach them so many wonderful things that would last with them through their whole lifetime, I believe. I think it's a great loss. Food technology Mm. is really good, but it doesn't cover so many of the aspects that home economics covered. Cass, can I ask you, uh, do you see any of your children with a passion, the same passion that you have? Uh, Does one stand out that really is into food and, and into cooking my daughter's actually just selected her electives for year nine, so and she has actually chosen food tech, mm. um, <laughs> which is exciting. Um, great. Look, I'm, I'm trying not to sort of push ram it down her throat because mm. it needs to be her decision, but she does really enjoy that. Um, so my other two, my two boys are still in primary school, so I sort of yeah, they're still young. I'm still waiting to be where their um, passions lie, but um, yeah, I'm really excited to. to to see what Layla does in food tech. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it nice? It's lovely when you see generations sort of go through and follow the same, well, it's obviously ingrained, you know, in the family. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's what happens when you spend a lot of time in the kitchen and hopefully that's going to continue now especially, that that's where the kids get a passion for food from. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very bonding. Yes. Very bonded. Yes. I was going to say I have to learn to embrace the mess with my two because they're still quite little. (laughs) If I can get over that, then they can continue to stay in the kitchen. Persevere, you'll win in the end. Yeah, we'll see. I was going to say, yeah, we'll see. Um, Well, we're going to jump onto our All About Us section. So one word to describe your relationship when Cass was a teenager. Oh, dear, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> um, look, mostly pretty plain sailing. Once she reached the age of about 15, we had a few ups and downs. I can't honestly say she was the perfect child. But <laughs> I think anyone who says that about their child is not being realistic. But by the time she got to 17 or 18, she was very sensible and had a really 
strong motive to, to her life and she knew exactly where she wanted to go. But during her early teenage years, yes. Challenge. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, she's very strong-headed, let me tell you. So, <laughs> there's a bit of a clash there between myself and her. But anyway, no, it all worked out in the end. And Cass, what would you, what would you say? What's your one word? Yeah, challenging. <laughs> Do you see in that? Hindsight, in hindsight, though, yeah. you know, I understand why Mum did did made all the decisions, and we had the arguments. I completely understand where what her position is, particularly now that I'm about to start starting teenagers. But yeah, it was challenging. And one word to describe your relationship in adult, adulthood after having kids. For me? Yes. Um, exciting. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Mm. I would say reliant. I think I'm very reliant on them. I mean, I think I call most days to ask a question um, about something and I think that's starting to come through in my kids as well. They often call mum and ask her a question instead of asking me. So, yeah, reliant is a oh, that's very nice. That is nice that yeah. they do that. Can um, I tell you about a funny experience? I yes, of course. I got a phone call just saying, Nana, we're make, she was making muffins, I think, and she said uh, her little brother cracked an egg into the basin and half the egg went on the bench. So she did tell me she'd cleaned it up, but she said, Nana, what should I do? Should I get another egg and add it to it? Because now I've only got three and a half eggs in the recipe. (laughs) I said, darling, it's got milk in the recipe. She said, yes. I said, just increase the milk a little bit. Don't try it. Have you ever tried to harm milk? Having an egg. (laughs) That's so cute. So that was yeah. I, was, I was on a call, Mum, and I got back off the call and they were like, we had a bit of an incident, but we rang Nana, so it's all okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, didn't hear, I didn't see the end result, but I hope they were okay. No, I, I look forward to the time when the boys ring me directly. They're too young. They're but- too, uh, I wouldn't put it past them at the moment. They did. <laughs> or, they, they bought a movie without me realising the other day, so... They bought a movie. <laughs> they bought a movie, yeah. The boys? A, yeah. Oh. They played around with the remote. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, they, get, yeah. they, they know how to use those things. Oh, yeah. Especially now, you know, especially with my eldest being on Teams all day for class, he knows how to ring his friends and message his friends. And, yeah, so, no, they'll call you soon, Mum. Don't okay. worry. Oh, good. <laughs> um, Cass, what characteristics do you think you have from your mum? Um, determination. Oh, I was going to use the same word, Cass. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Um, we often find that mothers and daughters are on the same wavelength. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That true. They know each other so well that they kind of will say the same thing. So it's reassuring when you know your mother very well or your daughter very yeah. well. Yes, I agree. Mm. I think, and I like to, I really like to entertain as well, which I think I got from mum. So we always had lots of people at our house when we were growing up. We mm. were always doing something with other families and so enter, entertainer in that in that sense is something is that, you know, I think I probably got from you as well, Mum. Oh, good. Oh, that's so very that's nice. Good. You probably miss it at the moment. Can't do much of that. Oh, don't. Yeah. I make things and I just think, oh, it's only my husband and I to eat all that. Mm. How eat it all? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your most memorable moment in your relationship? Is this for me? Yes, you can start. Well, there were many, really, but I think probably Cass and Graham got married in France and Mm. I think I still look back on that as an incredibly wonderful time in our lives and extremely memorable. I can still remember every tiny detail. It was wonderful. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. That was I also think when you came to London when Layla was born, Mum, that oh, was really yes, amazing. Oh, yes, from when she was tiny little bubba. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And who gives the best advice? Out of the two of us? Yes. Mum. <laughs> There's no question there. <laughs> I mean, Bronwyn, do you go to Cass for any advice or it's really – as you say, the other way round. Oh, mainly about computer issues. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. You'll have to record yourself doing a little tutorial. Yeah. I used to have to do FaceTime with Ronald McDonald board meetings. Oh, I always had so much trouble. I mean, yeah. I should laugh, honestly. I mean, you know, I look at this equipment that we've got and 
I'm like, I have no idea. And Jordana's touching things and buttons, and I'm like, uh, it's she'll just ring not, me and she'll say the the equipment's still on, <laughs> and I'm like, it's just there's a red button at the back. She's like, I'll just wait. I'll, yeah, just, I'll wait. just wait for you to come. I'll just wait. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even turn it off. That's crazy. Sure, it's gonna explode. <laughs> so funny. What's the best advice your mum's ever given you? Um, that's a big question, Cass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the best advice that she's ever given me is don't leave university. Because there was a stage when I did want to leave university and drop out. Um, that was sort of a huge thing in my life. But I guess sort of on a more sort of generic level, she's always uh, said, you know, follow your dreams and your heart. And um, she always says if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So, you know, if you miss out in our time if we've missed out on a house or I've missed out on a deal, at tw- some sort of business deal at Twisted, mum always says, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know what I say. So I think um, that's probably that, that, that advice sort of ring, rings true in so many different aspects of my life. I mean, Bromwood, do you remember, is there a piece of advice that you got from your mum that you continue, that you think you've passed down as well? You know, my mother had a very strange saying, which I use a lot in front of the girls and the grandchildren. She always used to say, you're a long time dead. In other words, make the most of every moment of every day. Mm. And I, how many times do I say that to the the, the grandchildren now repeat it to me? Oh, Oh, really? You're a long time dead. I think that's very good advice. Yes, it is. Otherwise, you're wasting time and you're not getting on with your life and you're not doing what you really should be. So. That's probably what I would think from my, my, my mother's mouth. Those words used to come very frequently. That is very good advice. And mm. how many times a day do you call each other? Is that me? Yeah, both. Oh. Yeah, from when you are. Uh, well, twice we talk. I mean, I talk to Dad a lot because I ask him for a lot of business advice. So I run into Mum on those calls as well. But I think probably I would speak to you once a day, Mum. Oh, at least, if not more, I'd say twice a day. And then the the kids obviously are calling too now, so we can add that in. So lots lots of calls. Yeah. Yeah, lots of calls, especially from the the grandkids. Now they've got phones. It (laughs) makes a big difference, yeah. Is there anything that you've ever wanted to ask or tell each other but you never have? In my case, I don't think so, no. No. I, don't, I think we have a very communicative relationship, so I don't really think. There's nothing I can, I've ever hidden from you, Cass, you said, I. <laughs> well, maybe she doesn't know. She may not know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've always been very open with each other on all sorts of subjects and every aspect of life, really. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely, honest mother-daughter yeah, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. That's very nice. Mm. Well, thank you both so very much for your time today and for helping your mum get through the tech issues and all that sort of thing. That's very important. Glad she could hear us and wish you all the best and all success with Twisted. Yes, yes. We are definitely going to keep giving to my little boys. Thank you. Thank you. It was a really lovely time. No, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure and, yes, Good health, good health, great success, and um, absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a mother and daughter story that you would like to share, send us a DM on Instagram at Mothers and Daughters Pod. If you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss a new episode. Spread the love and share the podcast with your mum or sister or friend. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. See you next week and don't forget to call your mum.